0: Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Everyone said amen. Let's give him a hand this morning. Wonderful. You can take your seat. Give the person a high five and say, I'm so glad I'm sitting next to you. so glad I turned up this morning. Thank you, guys. Great job. I'm glad you turned up this morning, hey, because it could have just been me here, but that would have been really boring. But I'm glad you turned up. The best looking uh, people in Noosa are here. I'm glad that Matt and Beck Adamson are here. I love these guys. <laughs> Matt's going, Who am I talking about? Love these guys. Love you guys. Oh, I'm, I'm just happy. I'm good. How awesome was worship this morning? Oh, my goodness. And when Justin got up and he just kept pushing and pushing, and I'm like, Yep, yeah, we need pushing. And I went, oh, I'm going to heaven right now, I need this. This is so good. And just surrendering. We need it, don't we? Week in and week out. You're just going through the grind of work, being a parent, Cooking the dinner, well actually I haven't had to cook all week because my parents are here. They have blessed me with food, which has been amazing, but you know what I mean. But yeah, give my, ha- my parents a hand, they're amazing. If you need good food, you're very welcome to come to my home. Um, <laughs> I see a line of people outside the door going, hey, you invited us. But you know what I mean, you know, the grind of life. But there's a bigger picture. Amen, there's a bigger picture, and God is doing so much more behind our backs than we can be seen, but children of God, you know, you might be here for the very first time, the second time, or you've been here hundreds of times, but God is for you, and he's doing so much for you, but we just need to keep walking, amen? Amen. And Christian sends his love, he's actually, um, he's home Tuesday, he'll be home on Tuesday, he's in Manila, which is in the Philippines, yes? When I think of manila, I think the mani- manila folders. <laughs> manila folders. Sorry, no, manila folders. School teachers use a lot of manila folders. Who has a filing cabinet at home? <laughs> yes, that are full of manila folders. Yeah, let's get rid of the manila folders. That's why we've got uh, technology and computers. We're meant to file everything on the computers, but I'm, I'm just not with it. I'm, I'm a bit slow with technology. I know the basics, that, that's about it. So I still have manila folders in my home. Anyway, Christian is in um, Manila, and he, uh, just this week, was preaching at our C3 Southeast Asia conference. So all our, Benny's saying, there's a video. Ah, there you go, I didn't know that. Christian has a greeting from um, Manila, but before we show that, yes, so we... um, all the, all the uh, our churches and pastors and leaders in the Southeast Asia region come together, and he got the privilege of ministering and preaching there this week. And today he's actually preaching at C3 Manila and another C3 church somewhere in the Philippines as well. I don't know what it's called, but he sends his love, having an incredible time. It was an amazing conference, and all the Filipinos—they are just so adorable and cute. I saw this footage of them, you know, during praise and worship. The auditorium was packed, and they're just. This happy and gorgeous and loving. So anyway, we have a greeting from Christian Ben.
1: So Good morning, nice church. Come. I'm sorry I can't be with you today. I'm in Southeast Asia at Manila at our C3 conference, just having a great time worshipping with people from all over the world. The people here are so hungry. They're getting touched. They're pressing in. I just want to encourage you. Make the most of this morning. Uh, enjoy the word. Enjoy each other and have a fantastic week. God bless. Can't wait to see you next Sunday.
0: Awesome. There you go. You feel like he's here, don't you? Because you can hear his voice. Wasn't that awesome? Isn't that great? Very good. I didn't even know he was sending that. So thanks, Benny. Well, who's ready for the word this morning? If you've got your Bibles, get your Bibles out. If you've got your pen and paper, get your pen and paper out. Or if you've got your iPhone, get your iPhone out. (laughs) Don't get distracted by text messages or Facebook or Instagram or email. So good. Well, this morning, my message, which I'm really excited about is the bigger picture and it's flowing on from our month of uh, Vision Builders. And as you know, we are, church, a part of a bigger picture and sometimes we can't see it, but it's exciting because, you know, we're contributing to something that's greater than ourselves. And that's the title of my message, is, is putting aside our self and our selfish ways because, and living for something greater than ourselves, amen? And you know what, you're gonna laugh at me, but that's okay. I brought a prop this morning, some little binoculars I found. And I thought this is a great illustration of you look through binoculars, okay? So I look through and I can't see uh, a thing because they're absolutely blurry. But when you know, when you look through binoculars, you're actually focusing on one thing, everything else. From the outside, you cannot see. You're focusing on one thing. So if you're wanting to look out at the ocean and you're trying to find dolphins or, or whales, you know, you get your binoculars and there you see that beautiful creation, right? But you know what? In life, and as humans, sometimes we are just looking through binoculars. We are just looking through that narrow thing and, and God says, you know what? I have a bigger picture. So if I put the binoculars away and I stand back, or hang on, if I get up, Hey, I'm going to get up on stage, guys. It's all right. Come on. And I get up and I look out. I can see more and what is going on. God has a bigger picture for our lives. And you know what? I feel like He's challenging us here today. Um, and this message has stirred in my heart. Is that okay? I'm up here. It's all right. I just wanted to stand up here for a minute. Is that we need to get our eyes off ourselves? And you know, we're all going through stuff. We've got stuff going on in our lives But God says, I have something you can be a part of that's bigger and greater than yourselves. Stop looking through the narrow lenses of the binocular and stand back and stand up and see what I have for your life and the greater picture and what you can be a part of. Amen. Amen. Come on, I think that's worth a hand this morning. Now I have I have I have a rule here this morning I want every single person smiling at me because that will help me preach preach a good message. Is that all right? No serious faces. I want you smiling. That will help me. You know I was thinking through a few things of illustrations of the bigger picture in life. There's so many things I was thinking of, but I thought I remember one day in church a um uh, a person came up to me and he he had a you know a negative opinion about something and you know what, he was focusing on that one thing. And I, was, I just said, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I said, but you know, there's a bigger picture in this. And we're doing our best. And he says, I don't think you're doing your best. And I'm like, grace, grace, it's all good. It's all good. But you know what, he was focusing on just one minor little thing. And, and that saddened me that, that he couldn't stand back and go, you know what, there's a bigger picture. It's not all about me and my wants and if I agree or disagree. You know, and and I find that the church today, but even society today, we are so focused on on minor things that don't even matter. And God says, there's a bigger picture. You know what, we don't know what's going on in someone's life. I remember one night I was sitting down and um, uh, beside Ella, you know, I sit down, I pray for my kids every night and having a chat with Ella and obviously she got in trouble. Yes, my Ella does get in trouble. Um, And we were chatting about the issue, and she was so upset and very sensitive how I, I, I was, you know, dealing with it, because I was upset with her, and she didn't like that. And you know what? I got to the bottom of it, there was a bigger picture. I'm thinking, why is she so emotional? She's making a big deal out of nothing. And then it comes out that something happened at school and there was more going on. There was a bigger picture happening. You know, when you go to the doctors and, and the doctor will diagnose something, you'll say, yep, I'll just treat the symptom. But usually there's, there's a cause. You know, when they need to look at the holistic, holistic approach, there's a bigger picture going on. We'll just, we'll just deal with the symptom. But there's a cause that's going on there. You know, when you're, you're building and designing a house, which you know we, we're very blessed, we're um, about to start building our home here in Noosa, which is really exciting, but when you, you're looking at the plans of the home and you get excited, you're like, that's awesome, but you actually need to pull out the whole plan of the land and place the plan of the house on the land so you can picture what the, what the best aspect the house should be and then you picture the landscape. You know, you need to see the bigger picture. You hear what I'm saying? You know, week in and week out, we have amazing people come in here that set up chairs and, and you know, rehearse and, and have their part to play, but they're doing it not just for that little area, but there's a bigger picture involved. And you know what, as Christians and children of Christ, we have the privilege of being part of a bigger cause, and that is building the kingdom of God, amen, that is bigger and greater, that we cannot see, but you know what, it's, et- it's eternal, It's not temporary, it's eternal. And let me read to you Romans 14, 17 to 19, and it says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God, and others will approve you too. So so then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Amen? What part can you play i want to ask you that question what cut part can you contribute and in matthew 23, 11, it says the greatest among you will be your servant and whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted who knows we live in a selfish generation you know what it's human nature we are selfish by nature that that's just it's just part of you know our makeup and I was thinking about the iPhone. I think I talked about this one week, is that we live in a world where, you know, the social media and, and a lot of teenagers today it's all selfies, this is how I look, I'll pump the lips up, you know, the whole deal. Self-focused, self-focused. I don't take selfies. I just have a standard rule. I said to well, I've actually got a girlfriend in Sydney and her teenage daughter, she said, Oh, we allow you to have Instagram, but you we have a rule. You do not take selfies. And she talked to her about that because it's so, you know, it's just the world we grew up in. It's like she's trying to teach her daughter that it's it's not all about you. And I don't want you to portray yourself a certain way on social media, which I think is such a great thing to do. But we live, church, in a selfish world and a selfish generation. That is how we... we, we um, that's just what we're, we're dealing with. But I was thinking about my upbringing, and I am very blessed that I had the upbringing I did. And as I've shared over, over time, as you know, some of you are new here, but my parents uh, split up and, and, and divorced when I was two, but then remarried. And my parents are here today. Brian's actually my stepdad, but just as much as my dad is my real dad. And I have had an incredible upbringing. And they have been amazing role models in my life and I think about growing up they have lived a life that has been not about themselves but all about others and you don't really see it as a young child but when you grow up and move out of home you're like my goodness the things that they did for other people they we had people in our home they fed the thousands they just always in the kitchen cooking they still are they just have a passion for food they're the most hospitable people i know but they've always been selfless they have just gived and given and given we have people live with us and it's funny i hope i can say this but sometimes me and my brothers will be like who, what random's going to be living with us for a few weeks now and, and had another random come and live with us but you know what, because they, they wanted to help that person and you know what, if they hadn't opened up a home those people today would not be where they're at and I there's, there's I don't know, however many people lived in that home but not multitudes, but a handful you know, just generous, they were able to be generous financially they were in that place in their lives they could give and bless people that are in need. Just they gave and gave. And it wasn't about themselves. It was about helping others. And in Mark ten forty five, it says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a, a ransom for many. Jesus Christ came to serve you and I. Amen. And you know what? We have that heritage that we can now go and serve others and be a blessing to others. And let me read you this. We must not bypass the quality which so completely characterizes the life of Jesus Christ, the quality of unselfish servanthood. The Apostle Paul added to this focus when he wrote, each of you should be concerned not only about your own interests, but the interests of others as well. But then pointing to the Savior as our great example, he quickly added, you should have the same attitude towards one another that Christ Jesus had. Servant living stands opposed to the primary concern we see today, where the focus of our culture and society, which I've talked about, is more on our own personal happiness and comfort. It's true. The preoccupation with self today is readily seen as slogan-like, be all you can, or experience your potential, and they're all great things, because who knows, we need to be all we can. We need to actually push ourselves to to live out our potential. There's nothing wrong with that, but hear what I'm saying. Certain problems people face as human being is the prime goal we should be pursuing is our own comfort and the experience of some form of self-expression rather than growth in our character. This is much more concerned for self-fulfillment than for pleasing God and truly serving him as others seen in the life of Jesus. Typical today is the enormous number of how-to books, not just for the secular world, but the the Christian community. These are aimed at directing us to be more successful uh, in our relationships, becoming more of a person, realizing one's potential, experiencing more thrills each each day, uh, whipping ourselves into shape, improving our diet, and managing our money, and the list goes on. But you know what? These things are important, yes, but they have their place. And um, it does take that focus of what is truly a heart of Christianity, knowing and loving God and out of that resource and relationship, living as servants. You know what? I want to inspire you and encourage you today, church. Let us be people. Let us be a church that is not self-absorbed, that is not self-focused, that we go out and we bless people, that there is a bigger picture, that we are encouragers. Amen? That, you know what, I can bless someone just by my words or my acts of service. I think of uh, like my phone and the, the multiple text messages. If, if I just, someone's on my heart and on my mind, I'll send them a message like, I'm thinking of you, have a great week, you're awesome, be blessed. You know what, they could just make their day. They could just change their world. You know, we're all busy. We all get caught up in what we're doing. But people need to feel loved and feel valued, accepted, wanted, and needed. I remember the beautiful Jan and Wally that they're away for a few weeks. But I remember they'd been coming to our church for maybe about a couple of months. And he pulled me aside and he said, I just want to thank you. And he had tears in his eyes. And he said, we've been on the Sunshine Coast for about uh, eight years. We've never found home. We've been to multiple churches And they were a part of one of our C3 churches on the south side of Sydney, you know, many, many years ago. And he said, you know what, we have found home. He said, the way you've made us feel, you've made us feel loved and welcome, wanted and needed. And he started crying. And I was like, oh, that just blessed my heart. You know what, you don't know what people you need. You don't know where they are at because there's a bigger picture. Amen. In Philippians 2, 1 to 3, it says, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any uh, fellowship um, together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Okay, get ready for it. In verse 3, it says, It's up on the screen, isn't it? Do do not. Don't be selfish. Oh, that's hard. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. It's there in the Word of God, church. Don't be selfish. You know, sometimes we're going through stuff And at times, I'm challenged to go, hey, I could just withdraw. I don't want to talk to that person. I don't want to answer that phone. I don't want to deal with that. But sometimes, pretty much every day, I have to make the decision. No matter what I'm going through, no matter what battles I'm facing, I have to push aside to still reach out and bless someone and love on someone because there's a bigger picture. It's not all about you, Melissa. It's about reaching out. It's about building the kingdom of God. It's about blessing someone. It's about doing acts of service. Amen. You know, we live in a world where people are just wanting to own, uh, build their own little kingdoms. Hey, and it's like, well, I'm focused on what I'm doing, and I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm trying to make money here, and I'm trying to juggle that, and they're so self-absorbed. But church, there's a greater kingdom that you can be a part of, and that is not temporary. That is eternal, amen. And that is everlasting and fulfilling, and you can be a part of that. And I think about that scripture; it, it talks about your treasure. is is stored up in heaven. That is your great reward, part of building the kingdom of God. You know, I remember as as a young teenager at the age of 18, when I walked into the doors of a C3 church, our church down in Sydney, and then and there I made a decision to put aside myself and to serve a greater cause. And that was to serve and build the house of God and to serve Jesus and his cause in my life. And I think about all the things that I've done over the 20 years that haven't been about me, it's been about others and it's been about blessing others. You know, it was just all the little faithful things. You know, stepping out as a young teenager and, and faithfully just going, I'll run a connect group. And I had like 10 young girls who'd come into my home and i just love on them bless bless them. You know, and then stepping out and being a part of our youth ministry. There was no... Uh, uh, youth ministry for the age of the 15 to eighteen, 18s age group. And Christian and I said, Yep, yeah, we'll do that. You know, we had a handful of 10 kids. And, and that just grew, and it grew to like a 100 um, teenagers week in and week out coming and serving God and being touched by God. But you know what? It, I was like, I don't want to give up my Friday nights. You know, I've got more to do. But, you know, we made a decision. It's like, we want to see young people touched. We'll put our selfish desires away because we want to see young people um you know, on fire for God and off the streets and off drugs and off alcohol. You know, and it went on all the different things that we got to do. I got the privilege of lecturing and um, in our school of creative arts for six, seven years. And I got to go over to Singapore and be a part of teaching and helping establish that creative arts college in City Harvest Church, which is now over thirty thousand people. You know, and and working working in there and just so many different areas that were not um, and serving and being a part of it weren't about me, but were about others. And why am I telling you this, church? Because I wanna encourage you that you can be part of something great. You're not just sitting here today by chance. You're not just sitting in that chair by chance. You don't just turn up to church um, just for no reason, you are part of a bigger picture, and sometimes we can't see it right now. But it's exciting to be on this journey together because we are a part of building the kingdom of God and seeing lives touch and change. And I look out and I see story after story: the beautiful Lisa and Anushka and Shemine and you know Amanda and you know many other faces that aren't here today of the stories when they first came into to church. And you know what I know personally. When God was moving on our hearts to move to Noosa, it was an, un, it was an unselfish decision. I could have gone, no, don't want to, because everything in me did not want to pack up my family and move to Noosa. But God said, I have a bigger picture. I have a greater cause because I want you to expand the kingdom of God. And I packed up my family and I packed up my home and I moved to another beautiful part of the world for, for, for Nusa. And I see the, the lives transforms and the story after story. And I tell you what, church, that keeps me going. And you know what? If you can be a part of that, you can be a part of expanding the kingdom and partnering and being in here week out and week out. What can I give? What part can I play? Amen. Because the fruit and the, the reward is unbelievable, the sacrifice and the satisfaction, because it's something greater than just me, something and greater than just you and I. And let, let me read you out of Matthew 25, uh, 25 verse 21. It says, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share my master's happiness. Well done, good and faithful servant. You know what? That's all I care about hearing is God saying, Melissa, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. Let me read you this. There's a book called The The Quest for Character. And in a chapter... The chapter um, entitles The Gift That Lies On, and this is what the author says. In our pocket of society, where pampered influence is rampant, we are often at a loss to know what kind of gifts to buy our friends and loved ones on special occasions. Yeah, I find that problem all the time. Men are really hard to buy for. Yeah. Yeah, very limited. Actually, men might say women are really hard to buy for too because we're fussy. I don't know, I don't know. You can have that argument amongst yourselves. For some people especially, those who have everything, the standard type of gift won't cut it. Nothing in the shopping mall catches our fancy. I have a suggestion. It may not seem that expressive or sound, um, sound very novel, but believe me, it works every time. It's one of those gifts that have great value, but no price tag. It can't be lost, nor will it ever be forgotten. No problem with size either. It fits all shapes. Any age and every personality. This ideal gift is you. In your quest for character, don't forget the value of unselfishness. That's right. Give some of yourself away. I like that. Hey. We live in a selfish world. No, I don't. I don't want to share my chocolate dessert because I want it for me. Christian says, "Just give me a taste. Yeah, just a little taste, but it's mine. You didn't want. You didn't order dessert. You don't like dessert. You're a, you're a savoury boy. I'm a sweet girl. I'll just give me my dessert. No, it's all right. You go first. You go first. That's what right. You go ahead of me. No, no, you win. You have this one. No, actually, no. I want to win. Come on. Hey, we're just. There's those natural just selfish things that, that are in us, it's okay. We like the luxuries of life. We all like, I like winning, but hear what I'm saying. You know, it's that we, we have to, at times, make a decision that is selfless. And I was reading the story of Noah. Noah's Ark. Great, great story of a man who was called by God to build an ark. Now, can you imagine if God came to you and said, I want you to build a humongous boat because I'm about to flood the earth, and gave him the dimensions and all of that. You'd think you would be going crazy, wouldn't you? And then I want you to collect all the animals, one of each kind, and get them on the boat. You'd be like, what the heck? Oh my goodness, am I, am I going crazy? But there was a bigger picture here, church. God had called Noah to save humanity because the world at that time was getting wicked. There was sin and and it saddened God's heart. And let me read you this. Noah was a righteous and, and blameless, but he was not sinless. Noah pleased God and found favor because he loved and obeyed God with his heart. As a result, Noah's life was an example to his entire generation. Although everyone around him followed the evil in their hearts, people hated him, wouldn't help him, and as they didn't believe in what he was doing. But there was a bigger picture here. Noah followed God, and he used him to save humanity. And in um, Genesis 6, and right down to verse 22... When, when God came to him and he said, you know, now the earth has become, sorry, back up in uh, verse 11, now the earth has become, the earth has become corrupt in God's sight and it was filled with violence. God observed all this corruption in the world and he saw violence and um, and it goes on and then uh, down in verse 14, as I said, he says, I want you to, to, to make a boat and he gave him the dimensions and told him what he wants wanted him to do and then down in verse 22 it says so noah did everything exactly that God had commanded him to do you know and i was reading that that story and going wow that's that's you know it's it's pretty unbelievable that that a man just you know could just make a decision to go okay well i'm going to give up everything and i'm going to trust you God i'm going to look like a fool well, Lizzie, could I get you up, please? But I was, I was looking at this story, and I see three things in Noah's life. And the first one is surrender. And it was him letting go of his own will and doing something greater than his will. And the second one was sacrifice. Sacrificing his reputation because he was hated for what he did. People are like, you fool. What, what, what do you think you're doing? saving humanity. There's going to be a flood. He sacrificed to, you know, being persecuted and hated. And the third thing I see here is his servant heart, his his willingness to be willing and obedient for a greater cause and for a bigger picture. You know, I was reading about Noah, and Noah means rest, rest and comfort. And rest means to recuperate, to stand still, to pause, stop, and to cease. And Noah's name was prophetic in that God's purpose for Noah was to bring rest to the earth from chaos of sin. And church, you know what? The bigger picture is that God has called you and I, like Noah, to have the unique opportunity to bring rest to a chaotic world that we live in to bring rest to a selfish world, a selfish generation. You know, I look at those three things, surrender, sacrifice, and a servant heart, just like Noah did. And I ask you today, do you wanna be a part of something greater than yourself? Do you wanna be a part of putting your hand to the plow and helping build the kingdom of God and seeing lives touched and changed? But church, it's gonna take surrender. Like that song we sang, Touch the Sky, which I wanna sing in closing. Surrendering our life to something bitter, bigger and greater than ourselves. Not building our own little kingdoms, our own little things that are temporary and that will fade away. But being a part of building the kingdom of God that is eternal, that is that is that is, has got such great reward attached to it. But it's gonna take sacrifice sacrifice of our reputation, sacrifice of sometimes our own wants and our own needs, but great fulfillment and joy and blessing. And it's gonna take a servant's heart to be willing, to be obedient, and and even when you don't feel like it, hey, why don't you stand to your feet? Like coming in here week in and week out, it takes a decision of sacrifice, sacrifice of a sleep in, surrendering to come into church every week because you know that you're living for something greater than yourself. You could be out on the beach, you could be out having coffee, that's okay, that's all good. But you are here because God's called you to be servants for him, willing and willing and obedient. Amen. Even when like Michelle talked when you give week in and week out, we're part of a vision builders. It's we're part of partnering of something bigger than ourselves and greater than ourselves. And even though at times we can't see the bigger picture, God is doing more behind our backs and in front of our, our face. But as we keep walking, church, we keep trusting, we keep being arm in arm, linking our arms together, and together we can do it. Together we can do it. And you know, some of you this morning, I feel like God's just knocking on the door of your heart. I'm like, yeah, this there's, there's things in my world that I need to lay down and let aside those unselfish needs and wants. And you need to make a decision this morning to go, God, I give you my all. I surrender my life. I sacrifice my life because I'm a servant for you. And God, I will do what you ask that's bigger and greater than myself and my own needs and wants. And if that is you today, why don't you lift your hands and say, God, I wanna put aside my selfish ways and I wanna live for something greater. And that is you, amen. If that is you, why don't you lift your hands and Lozzie, can we sing this together? Touch the sky, I surrender all. Let Him touch you, let Him speak to your heart and go, what part can you play? What have you got to give?
1: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Find me here, find me here Let's sing that out.
0: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's surrender our lives to Him once again this morning. Let's lay our lives afresh on the altar this morning and say, God,
1: your will be done on this earth. Thank you, Jesus.
0: live our lives that are unselfish, Lord. Lord, that you are saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, I just pray that you will speak to every heart here this morning. Lord, that their lives are not just for themselves, but w- that as you came to serve, Lord God, you came to mankind to serve and to sacrifice your life. Lord, that we will live our lives that are obedient to your call and to your cause, Lord God, that something greater and bigger than ourselves, Lord God, that we will go out, that we will touch lives that we meet. Lord, will we be that voice of encouragement, Lord Jesus. God, that we are part of a bigger picture, Father. We thank you, Lord, that we can put our hand to the plough. Lord, what part can we play? What what can we give, Lord Jesus? Lord, and as we do, we will see the fruit and the reward of our labour. Lord, that we will be blessed in return. We thank you, Lord, for an army rising up. We thank you, Lord, a stirring in people's hearts. God has put something in each of of your hands. What is that? He's given you gifts and talents and and he wants you to use them for his glory. Not for your glory, but for his glory. Because as I said, it is eternal. It is everlasting. It is not temporary. It is satisfying for eternity, amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's sing that one more time. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.